Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Toasted Tale podcast. Ideas for shows come in many different forms. Sometimes I spin the subject randomizer and I'm forced to think on my feet to come up with a story. Other times, friends, I'm listening to a conversation around people and they mention something that like an earworm gets stuck in my brain and I, I feel like I have to dedicate some time and find a story that does it justice. And then there's opportunities like this. The subject I'm going to look at today hit me like a train. I was just living my life, browsing the internet and just searching for things to occupy my monkey brain, where I fell down a rabbit hole. And when I first started making this podcast, I never thought that I would be able to say that Paris Hilton would inspire an episode, but stranger things have happened, and today, something that I was looking at, relating to her, sent me down a path and has occupied my brain for a lot of the time since. We'll get deeply into that, but first, a quote. We all love a good quote. This is from Mahatma Gandhi, who goes, quote, The true measure of any society can be found in how it treats its most vulnerable members. End quote. Now, I heard that years ago, but I do find that it is such a powerful string of words that can really put into perspective the societies we live in and how morally good we can all claim to be. For example, How favourably do we take care of, let's say, people with disabilities, animals, or children? All in some way are usually under the care of an adult and have less ability to make independent choices and can often find themselves under another adult who has more power than them. So with this in mind, Only a few days ago, I was browsing Reddit, which is just this amazing collection of forums where people can post and enjoy others discussing subjects that range as widely as you can possibly imagine. And as you often do on that website, I stumbled upon a humorous looking video of Paris Hilton doing what Paris Hilton does and while reading through the comments I read something quite interesting. I saw someone quite high up who was mentioning that the persona she often puts on for the camera and also the persona she was putting on in the video this was being commented on can often be ditzy and plays to the stereotype of the blonde. And there is a reason for this, that it is just an act. And it was because she resolutely, when she was growing up, decided that she would make so much money herself that no one could ever have any control over her again. Now, Paris Hilton comes from a very rich family themselves, But I thought it was interesting that she felt the need to earn her own autonomy. Below this, they mentioned that she was sent, as a young lady, 
to a private school, for lack of a better term, troubled youngsters. And below this comment was a link to a web-based comic based around a man's experience of surviving a place called Elan School. This comic was written, illustrated, and overall created by a man under the pseudonym of Joe Nobody. But when I had read the first chapter, and I will link this comic in the description below, and I would highly recommend you giving it a read. But once I started reading it, I could not put it down. It's unusual in this day and age where our collective attention span seems to have been squashed so small into little five-second bite-size that something was able to hook me so deeply. But I must have read the first chapter around six or seven o'clock on day one, stayed up to around 3 a.m. reading, woke up the next day, and then finished the book by midday. And something like that hasn't gripped me so heavily in a long, long time. Now, I don't want to give away too much in case you do have a, have a read, but essentially the comic deals with one teenage boy at this time of his life, experience of Elan School. He details within the numerous abuses and inhumane behaviours and actions that took place in this organisation. Sanctioned by adults who were not trained in any psychological or teaching capacity, and it becomes clear that those who started this school and decided to work there for longer than any small period of time, were clearly psychopathic, and encouraged the children and teenagers who had been put under their care to be psychopathic to their own schoolmates as well. And to even call Elan a school is extremely disingenuous. The author of the Alan School comic makes it very clear that he is of the belief that Elan was more a cult which used brutal physical and psychological tactics in order to use each of the students within the school against each other to enforce a quite frankly torturous regime upon everyone who enrolled. To give you a bit of an understanding, I want to give a few examples that illustrate Alan's uh, particular modem of operation uh, to you. For example, this all kind of starts off when your parents or your caregivers, whoever they may be, are encouraged to send you to a school like Alan. You sign away on the dotted line. And then, from the point of view of the child, they are then woken up in the middle of the night, bundled into the back of a van, and possibly without even being told this was going to be happening, taken all the way to the northeastern state of Maine, where Elan School resided. 
This kidnapping-like scenario would negatively affect anyone of any age. But now imagine it happening to someone as young as 12. In Alan, they used many types of attack therapy to keep people in line. They used something called getting your feelings off, which seemed to permeate the entire cultural fabric of the school. This would involve one or more students screaming, berating another, trying to rip them apart. If this was one-on-one -on -one student, it was called an encounter group. If it was four students or a member of staff, it was called a dealing crew. If you were unlucky enough to get a general meeting, then you could have 40 to 150 students screaming in your face, each one four to five minutes long. These ordeals usually last on average about an hour. Now, at this time, the one person being screamed at was to show no emotions at all, almost to be a statue, to all of the disgusting language being thrown in their face. Members of staff would often gleefully watch this happen, encouraging sicker abuse, and watching carefully, just to see if any of their students weren't being barbaric enough. For if they didn't scream their lungs out at the poor individual having the general meeting, that one not pulling their weight may be the next in line for the punishment. And if you want a little taste of the screaming abuse I am referring to, I'm not going to quote any here, because frankly, the language is horrible. But you can go onto YouTube and hear the types of screaming matches that would be had. Listen to that audio, and then imagine being surrounded by that for hours at a time every day. Someone was quoted in a New York Times piece from June the 2nd, 2002, which went, quote, Roughly 150 students pay around $44,000 a year to attend the school which still practices a controversial behavioural modification program that relies on shouting sessions, long hours in a corner, and sometimes even boxing matches to rid unruly teenagers of their antisocial mindset. At Elan, smiling without permission can lead to a session of cleaning urinals with a toothbrush that can last for hours." End quote. Sounds almost unbelievable, right? But there's a few bits that we kind of skimmed across there. The long hours in the corner, which he refers to, was literally a chair facing a corner, where people, and I've read accounts of being sat there for up to three months, sitting in the corner, looking at the corner. This, quite understandably, drove the kids who are punished in this way to lose their minds. And the author of the Elan School comic illustrates his own descent into insanity in the comic itself. The other punishment that they referred to in that quote was the boxing matches, which was called The Ring. Now this was 
a punishment for those particularly violent sorts. And, straight up for a moment, how can you blame these children and teenagers for getting violent in a situation like this? But that's by the by. If you are violent, then you and the person you are violent with have the chance to put on boxing gloves, head guard, all the other teenagers would surround you, and then the first round would begin. Now, the individual who was being punished would remain in the ring round after round. The difference was that everyone in the circle around you would take turns to get in the ring and fight. Now, regardless of whether you were an amazing fighter or not, you would be worn down, and eventually it would last until the person being punished was blooded and a broken mess. For those individuals at Elan who broke the worst rules, like, hey, maybe trying to escape, you may have a free house ring, which is where all three houses in the school would come together in one large room, and then an even larger ring that was made up of every person there would come together to exact punishment upon the one individual. Now these would usually be followed by a general meeting, so once blood is flowing out of your face, you then have the joy of 40 to 150 teenagers shouting and screaming in your face. And as I mentioned earlier, for the pleasure of emotionally, physically, and psychologically abusing these young men and women, the parents or caregivers had the honor of paying the school around $50,000 each year. And you have to wonder why parents allowed their children to be sent there. Why weren't all of the children taken away from this terrible place? Why wasn't it shut down by the authorities? Well, I think I mentioned it earlier, but we're going to come back round to the culty aspects of Elan. A recollection from one of the survivors says, quote, The student-to-staff ratio at many times is about 1 to 40. The children could clearly take over at any time, which is why a strong level of brainwashing will occur when your child steps foot in the door, end quote. The constant beratings, physical labour, and ruthless timetables of all students ensured that everyone was tired, highly strung, and prone to fits of violence or insanity breaks at all times. Elan's reliance on all the other students to keep each other in line was also a stroke of diabolical genius. The only way to rise up the many ranks in the school and get a chance of graduation and leaving was to be the most brutal and demanding enforcer of the Elan rules. The next quote was found in some magazines from America and it refers to Joe Rishi, who was the founder of Elan and it goes like this, quote, Joe Rishi's Elan is well known even throughout the residential treatment industry 
as one of the few direct descendants of Synanon, a defunct cult that seriously pioneered the use of North Korean brainwashing techniques to control its members." End quote. And Joe Rishi was truly the worst, a psychopath of the highest extent. And in many ways, what he'd created in Alan was a complete contradiction of him and his character. He was a recovering addict, a horse track owner, and a two-time candidate for governor, whose antics kept the local news media busy for years. And to give you an idea of what his part to play in this was, there is a testimony from an individual named Stephen, which may not be his real name, uh, in the unofficial Joe Rishi biography, Duck in a Raincoat, which goes a little bit like this. Quote, Joe made me feel really worthless, you know? Like I was an absolute nothing. He came in and I was caught up along with a girl named Nancy and another girl named Marie, two guys named Bray and Johnny, and another kid named Sean. So when Joe Rishi came into the house, we were all sitting down around a table, and he announced, we have some cancer in this house, and any good surgeon knows the best way to get rid of cancer is to cut it out before it spreads. He then called all of us up in front of the house and asked everyone else if they had any feelings for us. So we all got screamed at. Then they put us in the boxing ring, you know. Then at the end of the meeting, Joe Rishi said, now we're gonna put you upstairs in one of the rooms. It was six foot by 10 and they boarded up the windows, boarded up the door and locked it. And Joe said, whatever goes on in there, goes on. It was in July. I know it was in July because it was my 16th birthday the next day. It was horrible. Six of us all stuck in there together, end quote. With that sort of punishment, you can only imagine how easy it would be to beat these young men and women into the dirt. But what was really surprising was how this cult-like behaviour affected the parents of the students as well. The employees of Elan were ready and quick with their praise of their parents' children whom were behaving so well and making so much progress. After all, the main reason they were sent here in the first place was because of previous errant behaviour in their past. And this was music to the caregiver's ears. Their child was getting the chance they had needed to rectify their behaviour and have the opportunity of a good future. And of course, they were paying a lot of money per year to put them there. Elan had every incentive of giving the impression to everyone on the outside that their program was working and worth keeping the children in-house in order to get as much money from concerned caregivers. Money which of course would not go into the education, well-being, or anything to do with the child, but more into the pockets 
of the employees and ownership of this disgusting school. Elan School was started in 1970 and remained open for 41 years, finally closing its doors in 2011. For 41 long years, the troubled youth of America were swept under the rug, and people were paid to not make them better, but effectively torture them. I know that I'm only a small-time podcaster, and why should you even listen to me anyway? But I'm talking to everyone now, to myself, to anyone who's listening. Don't outsource the parenting of your child. It's your responsibility. It's the job that you signed up for. And I can't believe I have to say it, and strangely enough, I'm actually struggling to find the right words to keep everything family-friendly. But don't abuse kids. How about this? Don't abuse anyone. And this goes out there to parents and adults who run these types of schools, these therapy centres. How do you live with yourselves? And I can't believe this has to be a hot take, but if, as an adult, you've put a child in a situation where they are unable to honestly express their predicament, then you are part of the problem. Honestly, with the research I did onto this subject, I could just go on and on and on. There are stories abound about Elan, and also other similar programs. To try and keep this episode at least somewhat on a track, I'm going to leave it there, but actually I may find my way into making another podcast, exploring maybe a wider look at this sort of problem. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the Toasted Tale podcast. I knew as soon as I learnt about Alan School that I needed to make something on it. It had just lodged itself so far into my brain and I needed to share. If you've got any opinions on what you've heard today, then I would love to hear it. You can get in contact with me over Twitter or Facebook. My handle is at podcasttale, and it's on there where new episodes are released, and anything I find interesting while making episodes can be found there as well. That's at Podcast Tale for more. Subscribing and following the Toasted Tale podcast wherever you get your podcast is still the best way to stay in touch and up to date with all new episodes. We have about 50 now in the backlog, plenty for you to check out. Thank you so much again for tuning in today. I hope everything you attempt goes successfully. I will speak to you again soon for another Toasted Tale by the Fireside.